Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Got a signal. We're on the air. I didn't hear anything, did you? That's that's kind of strange. How are you doing, uh, Tommy Davidson? I'm magnificent. How are you? You are magnificent? Wonderful. Just lovely. Does your wife say that you're magnificent? Sometimes. That's the only one that really counts, isn't it? Most of the time. Yeah. How in the world is... is What's going on with real estate? Because I have got... So many of my buddies have, that have got the virus now. Of course, it's the cold weather, and we all knew it was coming. But uh, I was talking to Coon Victory. You know Coon, I think. I know who I that think man everybody is, knows yes. Coon Victory. But uh, his uh, sweet wife, um, uh, Esther, uh, she's just now getting over it and uh, probably ready to start getting her energy back. And uh, the, it's it's odd when a whole family seems like they they get it, but mine did too. And have you escaped? Have I escaped the yeah. virus? Yeah. I ha- Me personally, I have, but people that I know have not. And mm-hmm. a really sad situation for my family was um, my uh, my stepdad's that when I was growing up, he was married to my mom. His mother just passed away from it mm-hmm. and really sad you know she was 80 years old pat crawford i don't know if she you know. lived here didn't she yeah yeah so uh, ron was my stepfather he's the head coach at brentwood yeah and um a month ago she was fine and now this happens and it just it's a really really sad you know sad thing to think about but yeah. it, it forces you to start putting things into perspective and it can become scary very scary what about for young people like yourself i really have uh, started thinking about it more as i've heard friends of mine catch it i'm type 2 diabetic and people that I have didn't know that as long as i've known you well i don't tell a lot of people because i feel like it's a lifestyle disease where if you take care of yourself you you wouldn't develop it mm-hmm. so i don't go around really talking about it but i was at the doctor the other day and they're trying to get me to take vaccines to improve my uh, immune system i didn't do it but then he kind of put a little scare tactic on me well you're diabetic your immune system's already deficient mm-hmm. You should really do this. But I didn't do it. But it's still, I guess, um, when you hear how many people are dying every day, it does make you think about it, especially if you know somebody that had it and they passed away from it. That's something I think we need to take serious. Well, you get closer to 80. But, you know, when I go work out at the MAC, I see you on the over in the left-hand side, and you're, you're looking like in your... You're trying to stretch, but you don't move around that much. Uh, Experts call that static stretching. Static. (laughs) (laughs) When you don't really move. but Well, so you get there early. You're the first person in the building, probably. One of the very first. I I get in there early for my group, so I'm just taking a nap, taking it easy. I start at 6 o'clock. And do you have a trainer? I do, Rod Key. 
Rod. I hear he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, I really, really like Rod. Yeah. I've been with Rod since 2012. Oh, wow. Long partnership. Are you still on the same routine, or have you kind of graduated upwards? You know, that's a good question, and you would expect I've gotten better, but honestly, my effort has declined a little bit. My body hurts more, so I'm not working hard as I should. Where did you get to the point where you can't even lift you, your hands over your head? How do you head? do it? Because whatever you've done, you are soaked with sweat. Yeah. And do you still lift heavy weights? My shoulders are gone. Do you still lift heavy weights no, anyway? No, 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 no. I, uh, there, there's something about heavy weights that have a long-term damage, um, with especially the upper uh shoulders mm-hmm. upper shoulders really don't take if you're lifting 300 plus pounds it uh you can hear the bones cracking but now when you were sheriff were you lifting heavy yeah, yeah. so you were kind of like a bully uh well no what we did was we wanted to be able to handle each situation without having to go to uh the maximum uh thing that you can do to somebody Back back in the day, were there more situations that were handled, like like in a wrestling or in a fist fist fights, or how were they handled then? Mostly with your mind, because you asked me a question before we went on the air. Uh, is it harder to be a law enforcement officer now than it was back when I first started? When I first started, Rutherford County was a very small county, and there were very few of us. I think maybe. The patrol officers what we had was probably somewhere around 12 or 15. Um, and, and really the total was less than 20. Now they have uh, over 500 people employed at the sheriff's office. So you can see you, you don't have that relationship that, that we had back when I started, when I knew most of the families in Rutherford County. Mm-hmm. So... If they had a problem, uh, of course, we didn't have any street signs, so you better know the, the where you were going because the, the dispatcher will say, well, this is where the, the Hoovers lived 80 years ago when you take that road and then you go this road. You had to have a really um, concise uh, knowledge of, of where everything was and who the people were when we had people that were locked up. Uh, I knew each one of them, knew their background, knew their families, and uh, had a great relationship with them. So it, it, it made it a lot easier back then where, where the guys now, I guarantee you, they know very few of the people they have to deal with. Well, did you have to – my wife, when we go to bed, we she watches all these. It's a channel called Investigation Discovery, and it's really – it's really like – shows where detectives are trying to catch a killer or they're going through all these things. Mm-hmm. Did you have to deal or solve many murders when you were sheriff? Were there any investigations that you did? And I'm, Today I really feel like it's amazing how law enforcement can put clues together, discover evidence, and catch people that do things. It's just mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Well, been in another era... We always had to, to to take all the information that was possible at the scene, and we would always have, uh, thank goodness, we would have people in the community 
that would find out things a lot of times before we would. And they would pass it on and we would follow up on the information. But in today's world, you have all the scientific things that are going on. So uh, what we did was uh, later on, we, we, we started um, investigations on murders that had occurred 20, 25 years ago, even 30 years ago. And we would utilize the information that the uh, officers and the detectives were able to take down at, at that time. And if, if we didn't have what we considered 100% proof that this individual had committed a murder, especially going uh, through Guy Dotson and Bill Weichel, who were probably the two greatest uh, district attorneys in the state of Tennessee by far. I mean, they were unbelievable. Uh, I, I don't know how many conversations I had with Guy over the years, and I say, don't we have enough proof to take this guy, arrest him, and take him to court? And uh, he said, we don't have 100% yet, and you know how I feel. If we ever take somebody and we don't get a guilty plea on it, We've lost all chances to ever get that person again. So um, it was. Um, it, it, it's it's really grown in in the ability and the officers that are able to utilize all that technology that has grown over the years. But we had some really great detectives at the time that did not have those. Uh, that uh, they probably maybe could have solved the crime many many years earlier but um, we were very fortunate to have the people that we have had over the years from the old days to the days that are there now because they've been properly trained and they have the right attitude for it hey i've got another question this is going to turn this, into i'm me. supposed to be asking this you is, this questions. is me doing all the questions because all right. you're such a um, beloved local figure wherever you go people love they love to spend time with you. They love to ask you questions. Do you? And I, I know that you're probably going to answer. You really probably don't care. That's what I like about you. But do you feel like are you do are you uh, looked at more in favor today out of office or back when you were in office? If I had my choice, mm-hmm. back when I first started, what was that like? When I first started, and why, why did you say that? Because things were simple then. Uh, look at where the old jail was on 400 West Main Street. And that was a meeting place for the whole downtown area. Everybody wanted to come down to the old jail, uh, talk about things in the community, how everything is. Uh, have you got anything interesting going on? And a lot of them would come and, and eat lunch with us. We'd have cabbage and all that stuff for the prisoners they ate pretty well and uh but uh i was sued i don't know if you remember it or not you probably don't because the uh the the place the jail was not adequate for taking care of the number of prisoners that we would have and uh, we had four prisoners to a cell and they were very small. In fact, the cells were smaller than the one-man cells that they have right now. And uh, there was no air condition in the place. It would get over 100 degrees upstairs where the mm. prisoners were, were. But we had a relationship with them. And there were very few. Now, if we got somebody from out of town, it's like the Andy Griffith show, and somebody came in 
they didn't like the way that we were running things. Mm-hmm. We would have a, a few problems with that. But uh, for, for, for the most part, um, it was just like uh, we were talking this morning over Bud Mitchell's. And, and, and if you think about uh, the cars, cars did not have air conditions when we were growing up. Um, uh, we had roll up, roll down windows. Um, uh, it was archaic to, to today's standards, but we loved it. it, it it's all how you grow up in, in certain environments is how you're able to relate to it. But, uh, I, I can't remember very few. I can remember, uh, actually, uh, uh, having a problem when I would go out in the community even if it's at a beer joint, if we had to get into a fight with some of the people who are causing problems in there, everybody else would jump on our side. It just tells you how different things were. Did everybody time. go to jail that was in the fight, or would you just settle them down and send them home? Both, both. Uh, now, if they jumped on me and started tearing my uh, uniform up, I'd have to take them in. Believe it or not, we would actually stop people who were just all over the road drunk. And uh, if we were lucky enough to have a two-man car, which was rare, then uh, we would stop them. One of us would drive the car home, and then the other one would take them to the house. Now, always that wasn't popular, especially if uh, they were a little rowdy and the wife did not want them home. Mm. Then that caused a problem. Mm. But I've actually had people tell me that that after I'd seen them maybe 10 years later, that when we took them home, it it changed their lives. And they said that we quit drinking at that time. Well, I'm sure that made you feel good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anytime you do something that makes a person's life better, you've got to feel better. Now, did you run out of questions? See, it's can, not I, as easy as you no, think. I could, so, I could, I could, uh, I could, Tommy Davidson. All I could ask so many questions <laughs> because I find you very interesting. No, you know, I'm not. Well, I'm, you are. You are to me. No, because, I'm very dull. Because I find you interesting because I want to be that person. Whenever I walk into a restaurant, everybody wants to ask me questions. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the narcissist. You mean talk to the the any of the law enforcement heads to? To get you in that position? Well, I, that's not something you can give me. That's something I'm going <laughs> to have to do. you got to learn to starve to death well, for a long time. <laughs> but everywhere you go, I feel like people, no matter who they are, like my breakfast table, no matter who's over there. Oh, well, how's Roy doing? Roy was back today. Roy is um, doing better, but I do think he had some difficult days. I yeah, think I there heard he did. Struggles. In fact, I didn't even know he had had the virus until yesterday. Well, he was back in there today, but yeah. he always asks about you, John Floyd. He always, you know, whenever you come up, everybody at our table wants to get time from you, which means they want to engage in some form of conversation, whether they're asking questions, because you are you are a celebrity. In, in oh, see, see, I'm intimidated by your, your table, because <laughs> you have all those bright people who uh, have done very, very well in their lives and 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 really a lot of you you never get the accolades that you should do because i know that you guys spend a lot of time out in the community doing things for other people and i think that's special well that yeah a lot of people at that table they do they do think like that and 
you know, it's very important about who you're spending time with yourself. Like, yeah. you're going to become one of those type of people. And that's why it's important to me to pay a lot of attention to who mm-hmm. I'm running around with. In your business, which is mostly real estate, right? Um, you have to be respected for people to even come to you. And a lot of your business people are referrals, I would presume, because you have treated people the way that they wanted to be treated when they're out actually looking for a uh, place uh, in the community to live and in the they want to make sure that the person that's representing them is on the up and up. And that, that's a major part of real estate. Right. Well, I have, I've grown for the first 10 years I was in real estate. It was pretty much just me. And over the last seven, eight years, I've really tried to grow a real company where I don't spend as much time getting customers through referrals anymore. Now I'm trying to groom 12 different people to do what I did. So I'm trying to grow a company and I'm teaching them those principles that you're Mm -hmm. talking about because I believe people make much better decisions when they know, like, and trust you. And it's very important to have trust. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's, it's, people won't make a decision to use you if there's no trust. So that kind of goes with what you're saying. But I enjoy what I enjoy at this point. I've been in real estate 18 or 19 years. I don't remember exactly what it was. But at this point, I like taking, and I would like, I don't even know if I can say this, but I'm going to say it. So Mm -hmm. I do the best helping guys that are under 25 years old that are tough, where they can take constructive criticism. Mm Mm-hmm where they want to improve their life, where if I have to have some some type of conversation that it's involving some type of correction and maybe I've got to say some things in the moment to get my point across where they don't take it personally, and then five minutes later we're having fun. I really I get more enjoyment today out of developing guys that are looking to get to another level in their life. I really, really love doing that. You don't really have to have a tough skin to be, to be in real estate. You have to have an open. Um, when you walk up to somebody, you want them to enjoy the time that they have with you, and and, and people can automatically feel whether somebody really cares about them or not. And you have to be yourself. You have to be loose and and. And nothing works better than a good sense of humor, either. That's right. But but let me tell you where you do have to have tough skin. And it's real estate agents are faced with a lot of rejection. So Mm -hmm. if you tell me, hey, I'm going to let you sell my place, and then one day somebody else sells it, that's going to first attack my ego. And then that's where I've got to develop the thick skin to be able to, hey, accept Mm -hmm. it. First thing you gotta do is accept it and then you gotta move on. So a lot of agents they have a hard time with acceptance. They struggle there and they dwell in it and the next thing you know they've spent a week complaining about it. So the the the, the reason why you gotta have thick skin is because things don't go your way. Now, and that happens a lot. Now you have rules that you don't wanna step on another realtor's toes, do you? And you don't want to be somebody that has a reputation 
of undercutting some of your fellow workers. Right. Because I have seen some of that. Not It's very few times have, have I seen it, but I have seen it over the years. And sometimes I wonder if um, if some of that may be accidental. I mean, we can see things uh, improperly that uh, maybe didn't really happen, but it, it's a... Uh, you're, it's a very competitive world, isn't it? Consumers have driven behavior from the agents. And what I mean by that is you may be talking to somebody about them helping you sell your house and buy another one, but you have not committed to them. And then you, mm-hmm. may, you may talk to me, and I might say, hey, are you working with anybody? And you might say no. Well, that other person may feel like we had an agreement we were going to work together. So mm-hmm. the problem today is... Agents, I don't feel like, are transparent enough to ask challenging, hard questions, get to the point, because they're talking with people, and that, that potential client, maybe maybe they never had any intention of working with them. Hmm. But the agent may feel like it. And then if we talk to them, the, the client is usually going to go to the person they know, like, and trust the most, mm-hmm. but whoever the, they're the most certain in, Whoever they feel like can help them the most, whoever they want, whoever they gravitate towards, it's always going to be the client's decision. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it if an agent lies or if they undercut, but I'm all for a very fair competition. Yeah. Uh, um, and some people may not like that, to be honest. They may think if if I talk to that person, they're mine. Well, that's not really fair to the customer. Did, did the customer ever tell you, yes, we're working together? Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot of agents, I don't think, do a good job of that because maybe they feel like I can eventually win you over. But mm-hmm. I believe in being extremely transparent. Let's just let's just put it all out there, and and I, whatever you decide, that's what I'm going to support. When an agent has experience, and he's been in the business a while, he he has a uh, that's a lot of value. To an individual to be able to have that. If you're a young person and just getting started, and you're having a hard time making a sale, it becomes really, really tough, doesn't it? It does because, um, and I think that's in any profession. I've heard stories about where you may hire somebody to come out and fix your plumbing, or mm-hmm. it could be your heating and air. It could be anything mechanical or uh, structural on your house. You may have two or three people come out there, and they may spend days trying to fix it. Well, you might hire the right person that comes out there, and he may fix it in two seconds. And you're not paying that guy for his time. You're paying him for what he knows. You're you're not paying him for that 20 seconds it took for him. You're paying him for that 20 years that helped him solve your problem. You were mentioning something before we went on the air about... There are not as many homes for sale now as there were. Mm-hmm. Um, and with people starting to gravitate into our community, uh, they're looking for something that fits their needs. But it, it maybe there's only one or two houses that would actually be the type that they would want. And then all of a, a sudden you have... 10 or 15 uh, families, they're wanting the same house. Now, um, 
things are constantly changing, and with the um, COVID virus, um, the, the business has changed quite a bit. It's almost done a U-turn, hasn't it, in the last year? Things are a lot different over the last probably 10 years in our mm-hmm. business. It's changing it's changing right in front of everybody, and some people can see it and some people can't. There's so many things that have been added into into real estate today that mm-hmm. would just like I didn't even know you could do that. It's 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 really evolving, and a lot of people have been predicting for 25 or 30 years real estate agents won't be here. Well, I mean, I see circumstances where that's becoming more and more of a possibility than it was 10 years ago. Who's going to replace the real estate agents? Well, um, bigger companies. Um, Will we ever get into a situation where people are educated enough about homes that the homeowner will, will do a lot of that? Well, they may not have to be. They they may not. Sometimes it's very dangerous when you don't even know things. We see people make bad decisions all the time because somebody got there first and presented their idea, their product, yeah. offered their solution, and they did it and. If I would have known that, or if I could have sit, if I could have sat there and uh, explained how we could have helped them, they could have been thousands of dollars. But in the old days, it was the big ate the slow. Today, the fast, or the big ate the small. Today, the fast eat the slow. So whoever gets there first has the biggest advantage, because most of the time, whenever people in my industry, whenever they, they'll end up usually working with the first person that they mm-hmm. talk to or maybe taking the first idea. So like right now, Zillow, Open Door, there's a lot of companies out there that will buy your house. Yeah. Now, they are... I, a, get, a, I get a card in my mailbox every day. Okay. So some people, right time, right moment, emotionally, they may say, well, let's just do that and avoid all this. Well... Mm-hmm. The, the person or the company that's creating creating uh, this alternative of selling your house, they're middlemen. You know, mm-hmm. They're going to do this. They're going to eliminate uh, the convenience, but it's going to come at a price. Yeah. It's going to come at a big price. So what if one day it's like the house buying or selling becomes just like car lots where mm-hmm. you sell your car to or you sell your home to this company and then you buy a home within their inventory. Mm. I mean, thing, things like that are taking place with a Zillow. And I spend a lot of money. See, I don't that. like that. And let me tell you one. I like dealing with people um, that um, I know quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and I, and they have good reputations. You were, you were mentioned uh, there's, there's real estate companies and, and a lot of them have uh, changed over the years, but yet they developed a, a, a sense of responsibility, and they actually care. But I, I know the last place I, I bought, and, and I've been there probably over 20 years, on Manchester Highway, I bought from Clark Maples mm-hmm. now uh, himself. And, and Clark Maples and I played football together, knew each other for years. Right. And then uh, you, you mentioned uh, John Floyd a minute ago. I've known John Floyd for a long time. Uh, and you are fairly new, but you, but you but the your responsibility and, and your personality, you and I have become friends over We're the best years. Best friends. It, 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 
But those things just don't come just at the drop of a hat. And, and when, when you talk about how a person has lived his life and, you know, how they're doing now, um, you, you have that uh, um, automatic feel that you know that you're going to get the best from that individual and they're going to treat you like family. Everybody wants to be treated like family. They really do. And uh, if you've got a, a, a new person and they're trying to sell themselves, um, it's not very difficult to read through uh, who they really are. And uh, I, I, I don't like the, the, the fact that things are changing so fast I, I, if a person's been in real estate like you have for a, a while now or or people that have been in, their families have for many, many years, uh, they have a, a, a certain amount, of, uh, they demand a certain amount of respect. And, and I, I think that's the way it, it, it should be. Um, I've never felt like that I've been robbed when I've bought a new place or I've sold one or, or whatever. So, um, because I've always dealt with people that I knew very, very well. So uh, you're putting your hands into in someone's or your your money in someone else's hands. You might say, right? When, when you're dealing, that's a that's the biggest expense you'll ever make in your entire life, and it's got to be something that um, has done has done above board and. And you have to feel comfortable with it. Uh, it. It's just like the you've got Williamson County competing with Rutherford County. There is no way that I would ever move across the county line into Williamson County if I was a new person, hmm. because you're going to get a better value, much better value here in Rutherford County. The education system is great here in Rutherford County. It's a safe community. Uh, we've seen uh, where uh, this uh, group has come in and tried to take over our downtown area. And it, of course, it didn't work. But you can go up there in Portland or, or Washington or somewhere like that, and then <laughs> everything is burning that, that particular night. You, you're never going to see those type things like that because we're still a community of people who uh, care about each other and i don't think you'll ever see that well i'm going to pose a little crazy idea for you that this may sound crazy but to Mm -hmm. me this is going to be a new world you're talking about you would never go from rutherford to williamson county and most Mm -hmm. people they've always lived where they work Mm-hmm. That's what makes logical sense. I'm going to live within 30, 45 minutes. See, I grew up in a time when they didn't. Okay. Well, Everybody's going to Davidson County. Okay. Well, here's how it's going to be. Yeah. Talking about COVID and talking about things that are changing, you're going to see more and more companies for a while, maybe who knows how long it can be, but mm-hmm. I think eventually they'll find a way to get back to the way it was done where you can work remotely. A lot of people at State Farm right now are going to have to work at home. Well, other companies are going to do this. So you might. But what if, what if they start losing their business because they don't have that personal touch? You know, we were talking about Roy a minute ago. Roy, um, I, I, I was unhappy with a particular insurance company, uh, unhappy the, with the agent that, was, uh, that had my insurance. So I went over to Roy because State 
uh, Farm Bureau has always had a great name. So I went over there, and I'm not in the selling business, but I'm just relating that over. And Roy was so kind right. uh, about dealing with everything I needed to have done, and he did it in such a way. Uh, the agent means more to me than actually the company itself. That, that's right. But the, there are people behind the scenes that have probably always worked very local. But in the future, you the, the young people, they may live in Murfreesboro, and their actual job may be in Los Angeles. Or people may have Murfreesboro jobs that live in New York City. So it's going to be a... It's going to be a different world, I feel like, with this mobility where people can work from home and their their, their job may be, it may be in another country. Who knows what it's going to look like. So, well, I hope it never happens. And you may be exactly right. But for people like me, who, who I'm a people person. Right. And I, and I like to deal, uh, I like to have a relationship with those individuals that I deal with. Right. Well, there's going to be there's always unintended consequences. Whenever it sounded like a good idea, maybe you even see a little success, but eventually those things do create problems. Mm-hmm. But I think salespeople are always going to have a purpose, and they need to be local. They need to be right here because that's who you've got the relationship. You've got the relationship with that salesperson. You may not know the other people behind the scenes that help Roy do his job at a high level. Mm-hmm. Those people may be outsourced. Who knows where they could be? Here's something else that's just a, just a, this evolving world is one day the sell, you know, there will probably always be salespeople, but what if the people behind the scenes that are helping are robots? What if there's, what if it's artificial, artificial intelligence? I don't know how much you've discovered this or looked into it, but do you have a smartphone? I'm sure you do. Yes, and I hate it. Yeah, I mean, it knows it knows so much about you. Yeah. You need to watch this thing on Netflix. I, I can't remember what it's, The Social Dilemma. These companies, the war, the big technology knows so much about us. Yeah. Well, the, I think we're just on the beginning of this new evolution of what's going to happen where, uh, like, one of the, my database in the old days, like your client database, it may have been written out. And you're flipping through it like a some type of a Rolodex. Mm-hmm. Well, today ours is done on the computer, but uh, we've got somebody in there. It's artificial intelligence. If you're getting on and you're looking at houses, her name is Raya. She's going to send you a text, and she's going to ask you questions. And whenever you ask her something back, she can answer it. So who knows? One day, people are just going to eliminate themselves. Well... I put them on that list of I won't answer the phone, so uh, I, I stay away from. Do you all text? That. I text to uh, people that are friends of mine. You don't have me on there. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Let, have let's, take, let's, no, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Tommy Davidson. What's wrong with you? From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro. 
Our residents say the chefs at Adams Place run the area's best restaurant. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, with today's low rates, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. With a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, you could consolidate and pay off high-interest debt, tackle home improvements that could add value to your home, or even set aside cash for your child's future education. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this. What can give you the technology to refinance easily and save money? Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick loans, internal data, points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing letter, license in all 50 states and analysts can see your access.org number 3030. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Rutherford County lawmakers Senators Don White and Shane Reeves were unanimously elected by their colleagues on Thursday as officers in the Senate Republican Caucus. White was elected secretary and Reeves was re-elected chaplain of the caucus, putting the Murfreesboro lawmakers on the leadership team that will guide the majority caucus to the 112th General Assembly. Rutherford County schools will close all Thanksgiving week due to rising COVID-19 cases. Schools are going to be closed Wednesday through Friday next week anyway due to Thanksgiving, but the county will use two stockpile days and close Monday and Tuesday of next week as well. A German man living in Tennessee will be deported for his role as a concentration camp guard during World War II. The Board of Immigration Appeals dismissed the appeal of Friedrich Karl Berger on Thursday. Justice Department officials said Berger's willing service as an armed guard at a Nazi concentration camp cannot be erased and will not be ignored. Berger is living in Oak Ridge when he was first ordered out of the country earlier this year. A report prepared by the White House Coronavirus Task Force is recommending major changes for Tennessee. The week's report suggested taking on mitigating and messaging efforts to slow the spread of the virus, including slashing indoor dining and limiting bar hours for nearly the entire state. The report suggested the steps are needed with over 80 of the state's 95 counties in the red zone. The report also says 50% of nursing homes in the state have at least one positive staff member. And City Hall and other city offices will be closed on Thursday, November 26th and Friday, November 27th in observance of Thanksgiving Day. For a full list of all the things that will be open and all the things that will not, log on to our website, WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. We at Ferret Construction offer a 24-hour emergency service. Whether your shingles are blown off your roof, you have a tree on your roof, or if your whole house flooded, we offer a 24-hour emergency service. That's why it's important to shop local. They're your neighbors, and they take care of you. We're family here at Ferret Construction. We care about you. This is Ron Hall with Ferret Construction. Call 615-893-6120. That's Fair Construction Company. 
Hi, my name is Kim Ellsworth from Furniture Innovation. I invite you to come out for our Black Friday sale. Furniture Innovation, Black Black Friday sale through Monday, 50% off. We have dining room, bedroom, and living room furniture in stock. Financing available with no credit check needed. The first 50 customers on Black Friday can enter to win up to $1,500 in free furniture. Black Friday till Monday. Furniture Innovation in the old family video store on Northfield Boulevard. FurnitureInnovation931.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon, a high around 70 degrees. Winds out of the southwest are on 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, alone near 43. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 47. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. developing isolation they're going to develop these habits of where they're not around their family they're not around their friends and it gets comfortable for them and then i think it's some people it may be hard for them to go back to that connection yeah and like you're saying i believe that life is about being connected to your friends to your family that is very important i don't think you the world would be a very good place to live in if we did not have family and friends. I agree. I, I can't even understand what that would be like. And I can tell you, when I had that virus uh, in the three weeks, I keep getting a signal with the uh, picture with saying, you're back, bouncing up and down. And we are talking, guys, so... Uh, why or why is the picture dancing all over the place? Well, because you didn't introduce no. the program when Makes you came sense. back. I hope we are on. We could be talking right through Bud. Wanted to see still have some commercials on here. Bud Mitchell. Yeah, to see any commercials on here. Uh, no. Well, I guess it, yeah. He, I think he has some with WGNS, but um, if uh, we're having problems with the the radio we don't know about it do we no we don't. you're back on Truman. everything's good well, i like the conversation anyway if it's just us talking that's fine that's fine that's fine uh, um you know things have changed a lot over the years and um you know when people uh back even before me when things would go wrong in with their family their home or whatever the whole neighborhood would pitch in 
and make sure that they were taken care of. Um, we don't see that communication between families that live in, in um, subdivisions or, mm-hmm. or things like that like we used to. In fact, a lot of people probably don't even know who their neighbors are. That's right. And, and, and in some ways, we have changed a lot over that. But uh, um, things like television, computers, we're more likely to be having conversations or, or watching something that entertains us rather than uh, going over and talking to our neighbors, see how everything... We, we feel like that we're interfering with their days. And, and nothing like that ever happened when I was growing up. We were always uh, looking for uh, something that we could do with or, or for our next-door neighbors. And, and it, it, it's, the response is not like it used to be. Well, well, think about this. Whenever you were growing up, your neighbors across the street or, hey, I don't know if you were on a farm. I don't know how it was adjoining neighbors. But more than likely, they lived there for longer periods of time, whereas today... You could have a neighbor gone within a year or yeah. two years. Definitely, more than likely, they're definitely going to be gone or you'll be gone within five years. So You say I'm not going to be around well, I ain't anymore? saying you. I'm just saying you're going to be around forever. But I'm just saying in my neighborhood where I live, somebody the, our neighbors, who knows when they're going to be gone. The guy that the family that lived across the street from us, they moved, and we didn't even know they moved. Somebody else is in there. You but know? you build a relationship with those people, and if you get to see them, or maybe you call them when they're in, living in Texas or whatever, you still like to keep up with them and I, see how they're doing. I don't do a good job of that, and you're you're exactly right about what you're saying. It's my fault that I'm not going over there and and um, building some type of community with them. My wife is is better at doing that, but... I come home and I shut the garage door and I go home. I may go in the backyard and hang out, but I'm not really I'm not really in the neighborhood chumming up with many people. I'm kind of isolated. Yeah, but when you get to be 70, 80 years old, you and your wife will, will still depend upon on each other. You build that relationship as it goes. Right. And, and there's something about time spent with individuals that makes that relationship uh, a whole lot uh, better as far as a lifetime situation. It, it, it's it's unbelievable how you, you learn those things. I, I can remember when I thought my daddy and mama were not giving me the proper answers that I needed to uh, uh, make things better. And then as I grew older, I found out they were a whole lot smarter than I was. And it's, it's, it's amazing when you're young, you see so many things differently. I, I know that uh, Kent Siler had some of his uh, students from MTSU in political science, and some were uh, liberal, some were conservative, and I and, uh, got to talk to him. And one of the li- real liberal young fellows, uh, he was telling me how correct he was and all that, and... I told him, let me tell you something. Uh, in 40 years after you've been in the business world or you've been out on your own and raising a family, your entire process of looking at things is going to change an awful lot. 
because you see what the real world is like, not how you've been taught how the world is going to be or how it is right now. You will start making your own decisions on on things rather than what other people have led you to believe. Well, I give a lot of advice, and a lot of <laughs> my advice generally tends to be from a long-term perspective. If you really want to do something right, it's probably not going to be an immediate. You're probably not going to be able to take care of that situation right now, but everybody wants things solved immediately. Mm-hmm. People don't want to confront and deal with pain. You know, help me get over this right now. It's, all, it's a world where it needs to be instantaneous. Or they'll just keep repeating the behavior, like with debt, relationships, with weight. Everybody wants things done immediately. Therefore, yeah. they never they never work on their commitment muscles, is what I call it. See, I talk about three muscles we build, three invisible assets, and in, in my company, but commitment is one of them. And we're in a world where people don't commit anymore. Um, I I, I have seen people uh, change and generations have changed a lot from one to the other and I I grew up in a world where we worked hard to get where we were um, we did not um, buy a lot of places with a with a debt or buy cars with a big debt mm-hmm. uh, we tried to make sure that we paid for them at uh, uh, as as um, we grew, and we would buy small houses that um, were would be in our price range, and then as uh, we uh, had promotions or whatever, or were able to make more monies, then we would go to a, another level of houses, and and uh, and the same with cars or anything else. We were taught financial responsibility. Mm-hmm. And we were, I mean, very few of us had, had a lot of money. We were poor. We really were. But everybody was. The, the, middle, the middle class was poor back then. But we, had, we knew how to manage. And that was, that was the, the biggest thing. And we didn't want the largest house in, in Murfreesboro or whatever or a, a Cadillac. Cadillacs was the big car or the Lincolns back in those days. Uh, we were happy with whatever would get us to town. Mm-hmm. And, but it, it was being more responsible. Um, and now everybody wants, when they go to work somewhere, they want to be the boss. Um, they have no experience whatsoever. The millennial group, uh, uh, um, I had somebody jump me in church when I was saying something kind of negative about the millennials. But, you know, the truth of the matter is maybe we, uh, maybe not my generation, but the generation below us, we've done a pretty poor job leading the young people in the right directions. Well, but my, my opinion of that is... Parents, every generation, have probably wanted their kids to have it better than they did. Yeah. And and we didn't remember how very fortunate we were to have what we did. Because if you have the right attitude and, and the, um, we understand what America is and what it has to offer us, but it's not all what, what they have to offer us. It's... John F. Kennedy, he, you know, uh, uh, 
when, when he he said, "Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country." That was a great statement. I I don't know who exactly wrote it for him, but that was a great statement. Probably Marilyn Monroe. Oh no, she sung uh, "Happy Birthday, Dear President." That's right. Yeah, but think about this: from let's just say the 1900s mm-hmm. to 19. 19- 95 to 2000 let's just say from 1900 to 2000 the world moved at such a slower pace think how long it would take for information to get out rumors to spread across the country well the world has hit a warp speed of information of all these things through social media. I don't know if you, I don't think you're on social media. That's not information. Well, it is information. That's opinion. It is still information. It's bad information. It's wrong information. It's still going into somebody's it mind. It's still going into somebody's mind who yeah. then takes that information, whether it's right, wrong, good, bad. Now they are going to talk about it as fact. Think about how confusing things get. What I was going to talk about was growing up, uh, most kids were going to have it better because their families wanted them to have a better life. Well, we when I was growing up, I didn't have to worry about this or that. I didn't have to worry as much about being compared to my friends. It was it was there, but not like today because mm-hmm. of social media. These kids get when they're in high school, they're around two thousand friends on social media. There's a lot of things that are being said. Well, in their mind now, they're competing or they feel less than and. Then they got to go talk to their parents, and their parents wants them to feel good. Everything has just moved at such a greater speed. It's just, and it's um, it's going to create a lot of problems. Like right now, I think the suicide rate for for kids is probably up two thousand or two hundred percent because of this pandemic. They yeah. don't, they have not been taught how to equip themselves in their emotions. It's. It's definitely, like, I don't know if you ever watched some of these crazy movies out there, The Walking Dead or these no. movies where one day it's going to be like walking around with people that are zombies because they're medicated or they're on drugs. It's just another one of my crazy theories that people listening may think that dude's crazy. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see, I'm starting to get a thought here. <laughs> um when when your mom and dad were raising you, mm-hmm. did did you sit at the table for your meals and enjoy conversations and listen to mom and dad kind of relate to you what the real values of life are and how much um, family means, how much friendship, how much the church means to you, all all of those things that uh, uh, require having a relationship with those people that that really love you and, and want to take care of you. That's one thing I probably regret. Uh, we did, and my mom definitely tried to make me do that, but, um, you know, television was big when I was a kid. That was the, my big thing, and I wanted... I loved watching ESPN back before it became so political, where I was a sports person, and I want to get my dinner, and I want to go watch the TV. You watch ESPN anymore? No, I'm not really. See, I won't. I don't. Not near as much. I, I don't. I don't. I, I want sports information. I don't mm. want public. I don't want their opinion about about things. Um, but as a kid, I can remember. Hey, I want to watch this. I want to watch this game, or I want to watch Sports Center. 
And that's really when people probably started shifting new things. There were new back in the day. Maybe you had to sit in here and have dinner. Mm -hmm. Well, there was no, there was nothing pulling at the kids to get them away from the table. Now, uh, um, our son Nick, last uh, the other night, he was eating as fast as he could. He was eating like a just scarfing down the food so he could get back in there and play his PlayStation game. Hmm. And that's. You know, that's that's something that we battle. You know, we could just muscle him and make him sit down there and be miserable and talk with us. But um, there's just a lot of things pulling at kids that gets their attention, which will become a problem. Whatever is ignored, whatever is not talked about will become a problem. These things will become a problem at some point. Now, what in the world will turn things around is the question. Pain pain bad situations you know you're gonna you're gonna be turned around by if you're young enough you can say hey i should be doing better make a switch but as we get older i think the only way things change people is hey back in your day going to jail maybe that turned them or like you were saying they got arrested you could have arrested them for drinking and driving and you didn't they were thankful Mm -hmm. they they Usually for most people, I think it's got to be circumstances that they hate so bad, they want another alternative more. Well, one thing that we don't have, say, in schools where the young people are, we do not have corporal punishment anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that got my attention more than anything else in school. Mm -hmm. Because I love my teachers. I I love the way that they related back to us. But if we stepped out of line and did anything that we knew was wrong, we paid the price for it. And usually I would have to wait until the bell, last bell rang in school, and then um, I would get it. And then the principal would call my mom or dad, usually my mom, and, um, and they would have a long talk with me, mm-hmm. and then the paddle came out, mm-hmm. or, or a belt, usually it was a belt. But I... It was the thought of me having to wait all that time to get my punishment, and I couldn't even concentrate in school. What happened when you went home if you got paddled in school? I, I got paddled at home. Was it a paddling? Or it was, was a it? paddling. Well, it's a full-class beating, but I yeah. took, it, it was something that caught my attention. It doesn't have to be something that just absolutely uh, um, destroys you. All it has to be is you just got that in your thought. I have done something that I should have done, shouldn't have done, and now I'm being punished for it. They don't have that worry anymore in our school system, which is a shame. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Well, they're scared, you know, they can be sued over it. But if you talk to a lot of child psychologists, they will say punishment like that does not work. And they they don't know what they're talking well, about. Well, I know this. I was whipped by my mama. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified of my mama. Mm-hmm. And because I was terrified of my mama, I remember making decisions that I would not have to confront her with later. Yeah. That I could have gotten in trouble. The reason why I didn't is I didn't want to confront her. I had a fear. I had a respect. Well, today, since that threat has been taken away, kids don't look at parents as the same authoritative figure. You know, now we're kind of equal. What can you do to me? Well, my mama showed me what she could do to me, and because of that, I did. I, I was always concerned about messing up. Yeah, 
Well, you always want your mama to have a good feeling about you. That's right. There's nothing, there's nobody like your mama. But my daddy, he could wield a bat, I guarantee, <laughs> a belt. He, he was he was as tough as they come. Mm-hmm. But but you want those people that you love to respect you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of times you, uh, you have to uh, earn that respect at some point when you when they tell you to do something you better do it mm-hmm. and unfortunately we live in a society right now where that just doesn't happen and uh, the uh, school people their hands are tied uh, the way that you deal with kids in school does not come from the teacher itself and that and that's a darn shame because they're the ones that are watching the behavior that's going on in their class, and they should be allowed to take care of it. And if they can't take care of it, do what uh, they used to do years ago: send them to the principal, who was usually uh, about the size of a tackle in pro football back mm-hmm. in those old days. And you knew what was going to happen when you went in there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing <laughs> like punishment. I mean. Punishment is, is is the right word. It, it will get your attention. Mm-hmm. I it, agree. It, it doesn't have to be the marquee decide or whatever. It's just uh, it, it, it's something that you learn by. It, it, it's a it's a way of teaching kids that if you step out of line, uh, there are going to be responsibilities that you're going to have to incur. Everything comes with a consequence. Yeah. Do you want those consequences helping you, or do you want to be without things that you love? Like uh, what? Freedom. Yeah. Could be one thing. Do we have freedom now? You know, I I think we do. You may say, no, not compared. It's all compared to what I know, and I, I, I really feel free. I mean, it doesn't bother me that I've got to walk in here with a mask on. It doesn't bother me either. But I feel like I've got, I feel like I've got freedom. I think we've run out of time. I love being on here with you. Oh, it's a lot of Good fun. Good time today. I, I like talking about more things than just real estate. Yeah. It's, but real estate is very, uh, very comfortable for you, though. It really is. It is. And, and uh, you kind of merge it together with the relationships and the business part of it. You kind of have to do that. That's a good way to describe it. What is the best way to sell a home now? Uh, you can have uh, – you're talking about when you're going through companies or people who deal in real estate and maybe you have a home for sale, is it better to put it on the market or is it better to, to uh, if you're going to have an option or things like that? I well, mean, that's it's agree. hard. It's hard to say, isn't it? It is because everybody has different things that they want. They yeah. got different problems they're trying to solve. If I wanted to get rid of something as quickly as I could, the convenience or the speed might be more important than the amount of money that I could get. So now I would need to look at a different option. Yeah. If I'm trying to get the most money, it needs to be exposed to the most people. But that might come with some with some inconvenience. So it just really, it comes down. People do things because they're trying to solve a problem. Yeah. What exactly are you trying to solve? Make more money, sell it with the least amount of, uh, you know, the, the most convenient way. Yeah. 
Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. Because, like, what you're trying to accomplish, you may not care about a few thousand dollars. Yeah. Or a couple thousand dollars may mean everything to you. So the way it all begins with what is it that you're trying to solve, and then you need to discover the best way to get what you want. Tommy, I enjoyed it. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving to, you to everybody that uh, listens to you. I know uh, you've got a lot of uh, Raven fans out there that love what you say and how bold you are and how you own everything. You definitely walk around with a lot of swag. That's what we call it today, a lot of confidence. No, well, I don't know about that. I, just I think it. we need to be honest. I know it. <laughs> All right. Tommy Davidson, thank you very much, and we will see you Monday morning at 9 with Greg. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.